and a three and a two and a one and a three, but not Spider-Man three because it sucked. Welcome, true believers, to a very special episode of The Save Room. That's right, The Save Room reviews Marvel's Spider-Man, an insomniac joint. I'm the spectacular Kevin. And I am Daniel2099. <laughs> Listen, he's my true self. I'm Marvel now, Kevin. <laughs> I like the ultimate Kevin. Did you like Ultimate Kevin? Ultimate, Kevin's ultimate Kevin. Yeah. I'm Peter Parker Kevin. Anyway. You're looking very Pete right now. Thank you. I'm seeing the alias here. So we finally got to this episode that we've been wanting to do for a dog's age. We want to do a very specific dog's age. Oh, sorry, spider's age. It ha- <laughs> <laughs> really, though, in, in essence, it's only been a fortnight since the game came out. Because the game came out on, what, September 7th? And it is now September 23rd. Fuck, we finally went one episode without mentioning Fortnite. That's out the window. Well, Epic pays us a lot to keep dropping their name. Fucking webbed it right out of the window. You do a web yank and just toss it out there, buddy. No, I, I Mark webbed it. I made it a little more romantic. <laughs> little John Hughesy. Yeah, little. Surprisingly John Hughesy. <laughs> but yeah, no, it took us a minute to get to this. Um, although Kevin beat and platinum the game within the first weekend. <laughs> within three days. It took me probably another like week after that to, to finally finish it and then platinum it. I probably beat the game and platinum it within like 24 hours. That is right. Yeah. Both of these sensational webheads have a platy. We pop that plat for We Spidey. really did. Or thwip that plat. Thwip that plat. Oh, <laughs> the brand's off. Anyway. It's a little different. It's a little... Uh, yeah. It's adjustments needed. Now, super overview. Super, super overview. The the way this episode's going to go, because there's going to be some sort of structure that we're going to lose at some point. Always. I've already, I've already be, began imbibing. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Whenever he starts drinking on an episode, it's a, it's a little dangerous. Drinking a very weedy beer. Can I look at that real quick? Go ahead. Uh, Walula Wheat. There we go. Uh, Waluigi's favorite beer, as I call it. There you go. A Pete's pick for unwinding is why why little wheat, but never never web sling and drink. Kids. From <laughs> you gotta swing responsibly. But this is a Kona Brewing Co. hit. It's a ale brewed with tropical passion fruit, and boy, can you taste those passion fruits? Really, just trying to solicit for that uh, sponsorship there, please, Walua. <laughs> sponsorship <laughs> um so much in the in the vein of our review episodes our video game reviews or our avengers cast um we want to basically do a little spoiler free overview talk our impressions on the game um just real quick if we could recommend it and then the bulk of the episode really the the 90 percent that you really want to hear it's gonna be spoilers spoilers are plenty we're just gonna dissect the shit out of it yeah maybe review is a misnomer this is more of a uh, dissertation a, a, sp- a spider dissertation. Listen, if we're going to be like Pete, we got to write our thesis on something. So why not this game? True. We're about hard science in the save room. Hard science and soft bodies. Oh, I like that. Yeah, you like that one? That's Can that be right? on a shirt? Yeah, it's already on a shirt. Okay. It's on my back. <laughs> it is on your back. <laughs> All right. So um, real quick, God, give me your quick impressions on this game, Kevin. 
Okay, very you, quickly. You had this hype train going harder than I did, and you were way more stoked. I think it took me a bit to build momentum mm-hmm. to get hyped for this game, and it wasn't until probably like last month that I was like, yeah, I'm all in. Okay, let's not beat around this bush, uh, save roommates. Uh, this is the best Spider-Man game of all time. Really? Bar none. There's no room for argument. Better than Web of Shadows? Better than Web of Shadows. Shattered Dimensions? Better than Shattered Dimensions. Maximum Carnage, Kevin? Be- oh. oh, yeah. Listen, we don't have to get into that necessarily, but better than the majority of most Spider-Man games, okay? Let's back away. You know, that's a red cartridge, right? Like, that's fucking... I know, it's sick. On point. It's glorious. If you're ever going to call your cartridge, you have my money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mega Man's doing that pretty soon, these translucent uh, blue cartridges. Looks pretty fresh. Oh, it's so hot. Anyway, anyway, Spider-Man, 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 Spider-Man. It's so very good. It captures the essence of both Spider-Man and Peter Parker. And I always make the point that, well, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. It's Mm -hmm. not that Batman scenario where uh, Bruce Wayne is the mask for Batman, who he is all the time. No, you know, Pete's Pete. That's what makes him one of my favorite heroes. You, You can relate to him. He's really just trying to protect his normal life his civilian life and and as insomniac pointed out through many of their uh, interview circuits the best spider-man stories are when pete and spider-man collide into one like that intersection of the worlds. yeah Yeah. this this game totally does that it's totally a refreshing it's refreshing to get such a high production well thought out well loved interpretation of spider-man in video games because i feel like sometimes we got there you know no knock on Beanox. Beanox got pretty close to like mm-hmm. the spirit of spider-man and then back in the day the spider-man 2 movie game finally gave us the web slinging that we wanted to see for so so long and this one i'll say to that degree it's like the way that you remembered spider-man 2 feeling this is what insomniac nails the web slinging is second nature the combat is fluid and filled with variance uh, and the story is surprisingly gripping and mm-hmm. it's less so think of it less as a like a movie adaptation and more of like a serialized like story that's fed to you that's only broken up by an open world you know essentially yeah, yeah. because um the way the story even flows like you have these major narrative points and then you go back out in the open world you can do collectibles and do your mm-hmm. own thing but then when you come back to it it feels like you said very serialized mm-hmm. like that it feels like much akin to watching like a spider-man cartoon or following a his journey over a volume. Mm-hmm. And what's really, really cool is that I feel like we escape some of the pratfalls of open world games where like, let's, let's look at Spider-Man two or web of shadows, kind of a lifeless, bland uh, sandbox mm-hmm. open world. Whereas this one is filled with so much character. It treats New York city like a character, a part of the cast. Everywhere you go, there's a little bit of Spider-Man lore that's splashed there. You know, whether it's the the backpacks that you're collecting, which there are of many, that give you little trinkets that tell you a certain story about Spider-Man. And that's the thing that really strikes me too. A, a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant choice was to set this eight years into his career rather than be have it be like an origin game. So mm-hmm. you're already equipped with like great Spider-Man powers. Right off the gate, like you were saying, the game wastes no time throwing you into being Spider-Man. Literally fucking 15 seconds. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about it right. that, I, that I mentioned on a previous episode where much like Homecoming, it like from the opening moments to the first second you have your hand on the gameplay, it's literally like not even minutes like that you're going from that first opening scene to being frenetically web-slinging across the city. With a, with a jamming punk song? Yeah. Felt very Homecoming. 
I like, the, by, by the way, the allusions to not just the comics, but the films, just like Spider-Man lore overall is so neat and so satisfying. We get little lines that like call back to Spider-Man 2, like when he, he's like um, trying to stop a train and does the thing that he does in Spider-Man 2 and then the webs break and he's just kind of like, fuck, that worked the first time. Yeah, it's, it's such <laughs> a good little callback. He doesn't say fuck. He does not say fuck. He's a good boy. Because it's rated T for teen. Rated T for trouble. Ooh. Oh, true believer. What stands out for you in this game? Because I want to make a point, and you wrote this down. Mm -hmm. This game is resonating immediately with a lot of people. It has actually sold 3.3 million in its opening three days. That's pretty phenomenal. And it trumped another game, I'm saying? It, yeah, it trumped God of War. So God of War's opening weekend, they sold 3 million flat, which is no small feat. That's an excellent uh, amount of games to ship for being an M-rated title. Right, for God of War. Um, but it was bound to happen with Spider-Man. It's a lot more recognizable name. He's a face kids love. Um, we've been inundated with Spider-Man content for decades now. So it's it's no shock that this game was going to sell the way it did. I feel exactly the opposite. Yeah. I feel the opposite because we've had you know mainstream Spider-Man games come out before and none have hit hard like this. Mm-hmm. I think audiences are more sophisticated. You know, they, they pay attention to the media. They pay attention to the marketing. Sony has been putting a lot of effort into marketing the shit out of this game. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man is in such a good place where we finally, like, enjoy his inclusion in the films. Him being an MCU, finally. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, this kind of renewed interest in the character. And then people know that, oh, wow, Insomniac's working on this game? This is Super AAA? And they're making it an exclusive and we already know about the PlayStation pedigree with it, especially in this generation for PS4, of them knocking it out of the park with their exclusives. I think if you compound all these factors, this has actually elevated it more than any Spider-Man game before it, like as far as release-wise. So that's why we're seeing it hit hard and fast and now. No, it's it's an impressive feat. It is officially the fastest-selling PlayStation and Marvel game of all time. Ooh. Like, What? Marvel, this is actually a very important game for Marvel. They've said many times, apparently the Insomniac, that they wanted this to be the Iron Man of Marvel video games. Well, yeah, in the games cast that Brian Intahar did with Kind of Funny, um, he basically talks about how they had a lot riding on their shoulders with this one, where they're basically kind of restructuring the way uh, superhero games work in this console generation, and there was a lot riding on it. Um, They had this Spider-Man title. Really, they had to kind of save the games from grace, and Mm -hmm. they wanted to treat it like Iron Man 1, essentially. Like, they're basically building up a new franchise, and Mm -hmm. they really rose to the the occasion and and did a standout job. Yeah, I I, I could not imagine the amount of pressure (laughs) riding on every single shoulder in that studio during the development of this game. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine either, to be honest. Yeah, and from a studio that brought us a game like Sunset Overdrive, which I feel like that was like a sleeper hit. Yeah, yeah, honestly, and uh, look at that—that's an exclusive for Xbox, mm-hmm. and it didn't quite land with audiences. And yet, it's a very special and cool game. And yeah. I, I like to see uh, that the DNA of that game transitioned to this one. In fact, they say that was their foundation for a lot of the open world aspects and kind of the kinetic energy to the game. Because this is a very like kind of movement oriented kinetic game like there's a lot of energy behind everything you do and like even little visual tricks too like where it pushes in the camera when you're doing like a dive bomb oh it's so good to make you just feel like yo you were fast you were powerful you were the spider dude you're the spider fellow from the second you put in this game to the moments at the end you feel nothing short of spider-man in everything you're doing 
it's it's great it's an achievement um you asked me what i think this game excels at and i truly think it excels at everything from distilling the best parts of every spider-man lore um and all the games that came before and really even every open world game that came before this it refines and borrows from its history and brought like this sort of fan service project that really served us well like i was smiling and enjoying my time with this game every step of the way i actually i don't think i've had this much fun with the game this year to be honest like i i didn't mean to power through the game as quickly as i did but i couldn't stop playing it you punished it i fucking punished that game i i was enjoying every second of that game even mm. the elements that people were like eh, kind of eh, about like the stealth and stuff i was like no this is still fun i, mm. I feel like spidey I enjoy that they're, even though some of the tasks are like, you know, repetitious, where it's like, yeah, I'm going to stop a mugging or I'm going to stop like a runaway car. I still enjoy doing it. And I always went out of my way doing it because it's fun traversing to it. One, two, it's fun getting into a conflict. It's Mm -hmm. fun getting into a fight where I get to like, you know, web up bad guys, grab manhole covers, smack them in the face with it. Always uh, flat side up so I don't kill them. (laughs) Yeah, leave a mark. I like the little details to like Spidey definitely doesn't kill. Because even when you knock a dude off of a building, you see like a little stray web shoot out automatically that like links him to the side. Nice. So, yeah, that's a detail I, like, I didn't notice that you did. Shit. Although it seems like he straight up has murdered a few dudes in, in his scraps. Like I literally like, <laughs> I webbed a dude to what looked like a, a signpost, ripped the signpost out of the, the ground, spun the signpost with this guy still attached to it and killed another man with it. So like, I don't know if I'm not murdering people, they're either in very critical condition. No, 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 you immobilized him. Oh, I immobilized Spy- Spidey him. doesn't kill. He, okay. He's very precise. He's doing the math in his head. He's yeah. swinging around stop signs. You know, he gets it. He's not going to decapitate a dude. It may look like it. There may be a little red dripping down, but that's all calculated. Trust okay. me. He meant to do it. <laughs> Pete's got it all <laughs> nipped up, webbed up. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. um, to what you said, I every moment in the open world is a treat like as much as i love the story and it is a very very serviceable narrative that kind of competes with some of the movie arcs some of the comic arcs for me like it felt very complete and just so good to play through but like being in the open world is like unlike anything i've experienced lately Mm. um so those scraps where i'm like okay i'm swinging from building building getting my backpacks or doing my side quests for harry whatever and then just to kind of be like oh, there's a crime happening down there. I'm going to zip down there real quick, take care of these thugs, and then go out. It just feels good to like weave in and out of those scenarios. And it's also seamless, too. Yes, they did, a, <laughs> especially to the point of traversal, where they made sure that there's like a nothing ever stopping your momentum, essentially. So when you get near a building, you can uh, hit X real quick to like do a quick web that throws you over it. You know, if you get to like the tip of the building, uh, you fucking get, um, dive bomb to build up speed and then web out of that before you hit the ground to do a super fast swing. And it even has it where you can run up the side of buildings rather than get like trapped on it. Like a fucking fly in a fly trap. The wall running is so good. So good. Peter parkour, as you explained it, Peter parkour. And my dudes actually like just kind (laughs) of even things that would normally trip up Spider-Man in older games. They, Somniac thought about it. Like, fire escapes. Mm-hmm. That could fuck you up. The geometry could destroy a man. It certainly destroyed the digitized version of Andrew Garfield in the Amazing Spider-Man oh games. God. <laughs> but this game solved it where it's like, oh, no, no, no. He automatically goes, whoop, and zips right through it. And it's like, oh, my God. Which is like a very good, like, Amazing Spider-Man callback to see him do that nope. there and then see it, like, mm-hmm. have your hands on it. It's just, it feels so good. That's the thing that struck me is, like... You don't even have to have it overly explained to you how to use the web slinging. 
you just kind of guess like you know it feels like it should be r2 and it is r2 and then it's like oh if i do a little jump at the end of a uh swing oh wow he he boosts up oh my god and then you you, when you get the cadence down you start getting into this rhythm of Mm -hmm. using it of like timing your jumps and when to like drop a line when to use the x button to web forward or when to use my cool the web zip where eventually it's not just web zipping to a surface you could press x the moment or the jump button the moment you touch it in order to do a big old leap that keeps you going forward it's so clever it's so well thought out i i think i heard they say it took them like a year straight to get it right or much to the point they're like yeah in a year it worked and then it was finally done when the game went gold that's pretty awesome that's a lot of work on that i gotta say brian intahar and insomniac games they they nailed it because like that's what i needed for this game to sell me on it like the web slinging needed to be perfect Mm mm-hmm and it is like the way they map like certain swinging on the shoulder buttons or r1 versus what they do with the face buttons like your fingers lay on the controller in such a way that feels natural Mm -hmm. um even the way they allow you to kind of like feather the sticks and have that sort of seamless floating um in between moments and swings it's just like i don't know how they did it like yeah it was probably a lot of qa and a lot of testing and a lot of like um reception and be like okay is this guy is this working for you guys is it not and they kind of just went back to the drawing right. board until it got right it broke my head a little bit because i'm so steeped in the arkham games i've played four fucking arkham games straight yeah. and got really good at the combat there where i kept on slamming triangle in order to like do a counter move but there's no counter in the game there's a dodge button and that happens to be on circle instead of triangle. Mm-hmm. You have actually a web strike on on triangle that zips you to the nearest enemy, which is really cool. It reminds me of the warp strike from Final Fantasy yep. 15 to the boys. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I, I It took me a little while to adjust to that, but when I got there, I was like, okay, cool. And then like a bigger component is, hey, you even have, um, they tell you in the game, get enemies off the ground. Spider-Man is like weakest on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what do you mean by that? juggles you can do air juggles on these some bitches where you uppercut them up chase them up there very much akin to how old devil may cry games were and then beat the hell out of them up there you can have all sorts of options web them up throw them on an enemy do a, a finishing kick. move swing kick their asses yep. so much variety and you keep on connecting that shit and you keep on getting other idiots and not to mention all the gadgets on top of it yeah i would be throwing web bombs to web up the idiots down there when i'm ready to go back down there and feast like a spider will <laughs> <laughs> like there's so many options it's so fun but i want to pose a question to you hmm before we get into serious spoiler talk sure who is this game for which audience is going to resonate the most um i think fans of spider-man With. obviously and and sony fans i think it services both uh the the people who play sony games for good standout narrative experiences and gameplay experiences mm-hmm. it serves us very well but also as a spider-man fan like i'm not like as knowledgeable about all the games as you are or a lot of like the comic or show lore but like i grew up with this character you mean the spider-man games yes it's been rough going for uh, a few decades yeah so like i didn't grow up with this in quite the way that you did because i think i said on one episode like the last spider-man game i owned was the one for n64 and that's a long time ago so i missed probably like 19 or so years of spider-man games yeah but i i could say as a spider-man fan uh and (coughs) Even more recently, uh, a fan of Marvel and the MCU, it serves me greatly. Um, whether it's the contextual storytelling or the world or just getting, like you said, that duality of Pete and Spider-Man, which I feel like mediums have always struggled to get right, mm-hmm. but they nailed it perfectly. Right, right. I I feel that 
exactly to your point, especially if you're used to <laughs> the consistent PlayStation exclusives, this takes components of that, it takes components of other open world games, it takes things that work, much the way that Horizon Zero Dawn did, which it cherry-picked like, hey, what works from other AAA mm -hmm. games? What works from games like Arkham? What works for, uh, you know, even U Ubisoft games? Yeah. We have the Tower examples in yep. this game, I know. That's contentious for some people. I enjoy it. And especially in Spider-Man, I enjoy fucking swinging up to anything. I think it's one of those, it's very, it's just, it's a gold standard experience like through and through. It's one of the most fun games I've played all year. And coming from like a long time, Spider-Man means a lot to me, yeah. like as far as characters go. Favorite superhero, grew up watching the cartoons, grew up reading the comics, grew up like with, stuck with entire arcs. Like I watched Ultimate uh, Comics Peter Parker, you know, grow up get killed mm -hmm. get replaced get resurrected i've been through a bunch of spider stuff yeah you know what i'm saying you even sat through the extended cut of spider-man 3 i really there's an extended cut oh yeah that's that's just like me pressing pause and weeping for a while and then like <laughs> starting it again it's only extended because of the weeping <laughs> i it's so gratifying to finally get a game that nails it, mm. that gets the character overall, gets the best parts of Peter Parker, his his humanity, his humor, his the way that he even is fallible, you know? He's mm. always late to stuff. He doesn't know how to fucking manage his schedule, like, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know how to juggle... Sometimes he doesn't know how to juggle Peter Parker with Spider-Man, and I feel like we can relate to that struggle in different aspects in our own life. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's our home life versus work life, whether it's relationships with our personal pursuits, Spider-Man speaks to all of us, and I think Insomniac gets it. This game, got it. This game is sensational. Love it. Amazing. Love it, love it, love it. Amazing. Avenging. <laughs> Peter Parker. <laughs> I gotta say, as somebody who, like... I will say it so many times. I have kind of open world fatigue with a lot of uh, games that I really like. And with this, I wasn't so stoked about another open world endeavor, but just the way they handled it and the way the game doesn't even like overstay its welcome. Like this game nope. could be longer. Um, but I think the average time of completion is like 25 to 30 hours thereabouts where I feel like I spent a lot more time with it, just swinging around, being in it, taking photos. Like the photo mode was just like such a pure joy to have at the oh, launch of this game. Oh, I love game. the photo mode so much. Seeing my Spider-Man 2099 just looking jacked everywhere he can, or my Ben Riley Spider-Man just looking awesome in a shredded hoodie. <laughs> if I had to give like a quick byline review for this, I would say... You are going to come out of this experience feeling exactly like a thug does after getting apprehended <laughs> by Spider-Man is that he is very quick and he hits hard, though. <laughs> this game is fast and hits hard. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. So it's time for you to turn off your ears if you have not finished this game or if you don't want anything narrative wise spoiled for you because we're going to dissect the fuck of this game. We're going to spoil this game. We're going to spoil it rotten. Yeah, so we're going to web up your ears right now. Keep you safe like Pete would. Yeah. And throw you out of a window. Throw you out of a window. CM <laughs> <laughs> Stone. Fuck. <laughs> I'm in trouble. All right, so let's talk about the story. The story is does not hem to any certain established story. It's not It's not just like, oh, we're picking up where Amazing Spider-Man left off in like issue 623 or something. Mm -hmm. And it's not a remake of any movie story. It's no, in it its own contained continuity. Yeah, it doesn't really mirror anything that's happening with the MCU or Homecoming. <laughs> no continuation from the Sony movies. Although I've heard people say that's kind of like in the ultimate universe in ways. 
Uh, with some of the things it does and some this of the characters. one is inspired by certain character beats like i mean okay big thing miles morales is a part of the cast and mm-hmm. he was introduced in the ultimate universe he's now in the mainline comics because of i don't know apparently dr doom went god powered nuts and destroyed most of the other universes whatever that's uh it's not here that's not tomorrow whatever um it, i would it's definitely its own thing and what's funny is if Homecoming didn't happen, I would be so comfortable with this story being in the mainline MCU because it's that, like, solid in my mind with the things that they did. Because it's not too far away from what the character we know is. You know, Ben Parker died, even though, thankfully, we don't get another scene of him <laughs> Jeez. fucking trying to stop a mugger and getting his, his heart shot. <laughs> and then a long-winded voice recording at the end of the game. Now, Peter, now. I know you didn't get those eggs for Aunt May, but you know I love you. You're my hero. <laughs> I think what what really helps the experience is because it doesn't try to be an origin story. It does no. pick up eight years into it, so you already have the establishment of him in this universe um, with the relationships and his rogues gallery mm-hmm. and his mark on New York. And right. That, that creates a really special environment for this character to exist in rather than okay we got to go through some like peter parker bits where he's going through oscorp and he gets bit by a spider oh right. no and quick time event of me shaking a spider off yeah yeah and nobody knows who he is right. and you know it's the first like few papers like who's this amazing spider guy like, <laughs> no like none of that shit he is spider-man he's been doing it for years he's experienced and he's no slouch at the job he's still like young he's 23 in this game mm-hmm. and he's struggling with things but he is adept at being a vigilante costume crime fighter it's pretty awesome uh the the opening shot when he's in the room he's working on like specs for his suit and you kind of pan across like the daily bugle shots of like the Mm -hmm. people he stopped and things he's done and uh, his different prototypes for costumes and then they have him like just start like hearing a radio call and of like okay something's happened over at fist towers kingpin's on the loose again and then he just jumps right in it like yeah. no hesitation he knows it's his calling and he knows it's what he's got to do that's that's pete that's spidey that's what's going on yeah and so that's an important plot point the game intros with you stopping wilson fist the kingpin and he leaves a big old void as far as uh, the internal power struggle in the crime world goes for New York City. And he even says a line. (laughs) He's like, I'm the one that keeps this place together. After about a month, you're going to miss me, essentially. And, well, the whole game is about this fucking power struggle where all the rogues gallery is trying to supplant themselves. The main contender being a, uh, well... Mr. Negative, also known as Martin Lee, which is an interesting pick because this character is not necessarily like first and foremost in the comics. He doesn't have this kind of reach like, uh, let's say, a Doc Ock or Lizard would even have, Mm -hmm. you know, he's a newer character. But that's what makes him a little more interesting. We don't know much about him. I didn't know much about him either. I actually thought... uh initially that he was a new character and then i was i quickly found out no no he's been established in the lore for a little bit right and martin lee uh is what's interesting about him is his alter ego is being a good guy so he does a lot of community effort stuff he works at a uh a homeless shelter called feast mm-hmm. that aunt may works at may and, parker works and at. peter volunteers there too yeah volunteers and helps out at and that's an interesting bent for the characters too and you can tell what, what sucks is this dude actually enjoys that work and you skipping ahead you get to a point where you even see his reticence to become this full-on bad guy but he feels like it's absolutely necessary for certain valid reasons that involve exploding his parents <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Listen, if I exploded my parents, I'd probably be a bad guy too. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Just a natural course of things. Right. I feel like that's a it, it's A to B at that point. You don't explode your parents and stay right. You either go bad or you go insane. Well, you never know. Yeah. You might just like go off and start like a Zappos or something. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> exploded my parents, sell shoes. <laughs> so Okay, there's some recompilation with some of these characters. Can you talk to me about Mary Jane for a second? Uh, Mary Jane traditionally has been kind of used as a plot device for just Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- what do we call them? A heroine in the freezer? Or I forget what that's called. I think it was like girlfriend in the fridge or something. Girlf- yeah, some you, you dropped this term on me once where it's basically use a female character in a story mm-hmm. as a plot device to serve other characters oh the example being a uh, green lantern finding his girlfriend stuffed into a fridge and her death only served to like motivate his uh character rather than like yeah. you know, be something into itself there yeah, we yeah. go yeah yeah um in this universe and actualization of mary J, she is a lot more independent she's actually kind of pete's equal um i don't know if it is served by the fact that they have such an established relationship with each other over the eight years and beyond but she is your peer and actually it kind of is in a lot of the things that you're doing kind of helping you out like guiding you or giving you the inside scoop on things well a big change for her character <laughs> is that she is a journalist for the daily bugle yeah rather than like a model or some sort of superficial type character club that owner yeah she was a club owner in the comics too wow yeah yeah that's interesting yeah isn't it okay well i mean traditionally she was never like the stronger of like pete's female counterparts what like people have always said like gwen is a lot more independent and strong what she does or like felicia hardy what yeah i mean yeah they they have their own agency that i never always felt with mary certain mm-hmm. certain arcs uh, she was treated great in ultimate yeah uh, ultimate she had some cool motivations got got into the mix of shit too you know rather than just being like kind of the interpretations that i hated the most in the comics were the ones where she not just struggled with spider-man but like was actively like negative about it mm-hmm. where it's like there you go again saving yeah. the world and like you just you look like an asshole when you say things where it's just like oh how dare you think about yeah. new york the, the police will get that octopus man on the top of that <laughs> bank <laughs> you know i i mean i love that they have the establishment of well she knows that pete is spider-man and at this point i maybe there was that awkward first era where she wasn't okay with it and it was that what you just described but now like no she wants to be kind of his sidekick and help him out and serve him in a way that actually apparently that's the catalyst for the breakup where she wanted to be more involved and wanted him to stop like trying to protect her and Mm -hmm. start you know letting her help letting her get involved in these kind of things because she cares about it as much as he does Mm -hmm. but you know she's not a superhero so she you know does what she can she's a reporter now she has a little bit of that lois lane vibe going on there and at first i was kind of like this is just lois lane but when i got into it especially the parts where you get to play as her no it it opened up for me yeah i was like oh okay i I, see what they're doing and i actually respect it i respect like how yeah I, i don't know she she was just fucking so tenacious and i like i i'm just drawn to that i was like yeah they made you give you a stronger uh kind of a interpretation here maybe, maybe it was just like the kirsten dunst arc that kind of ruined it for me or maybe i just didn't like the way she was often portrayed in the comics and I, i've always been kind of a, a gwen fan because i love her agency and how kick-ass she is but like in this like she's great and the second they let you kind of take pilot of her and have gameplay sections there i'm like yeah this actually feels really cool and earned at this mm-hmm. point as a spider-man fan so do you mind the human segments there's a lot of it you do a little controlling miles you do a lot of controlling mary 
What's uh, uh, what's your feeling on that? I kind of I complain about it here and there because for me, like that game feels best when it is when you are zipping and traversing and in the open world, doing that seamless movement as Spider Man. Um, the segments where you are Pete are kind of cool because you have like these many kind of interactive story elements. Whether you're at feast talking to people or doing stuff mm-hmm. for Aunt May, or you're in the lab with um, Otto and you're doing his <laughs> like spectrograms or his circuitry puzzles. Like I like those; those are kind of neat. But I feel like some of the stealth sections with uh, Mary Jane and Miles, especially towards the end, it's just like, mm. oh, another one of these. It kind of killed the momentum of like just the the high stakes story for me, mm-hmm. um, because you have these situations where they're basically like mini stealth games where you have to kind of sneak around soldiers or guards or um, what do they call them? Demons? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, Martin Lee's crime syndicate or. His cronies or call themselves the demons. Yeah. yeah. So you have to kind of navigate these scenarios as her. And they're, granted, they don't last super long. No. But I just feel like for me, they popped up a lot, especially because it's like, oh, I know the stakes are happening. Pete's doing his thing. Then he gets a call from MJ or he's like, I wonder what MJ is doing. And then <laughs> you would transition to a scene as playing with her. So I feel like not all of her segments work for me, whereas Miles' segments really landed for me. All, every single one of them? I think so, yeah. Okay, I I agree to a certain extent. I think the more stealthy bits were a little frustrating, especially since playing as Peter, my dude can just web a dude up. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's it's much more active. And even though it's not, like, you know, splinter cell depth, it's fun. It's superhero-y. It's, it's honestly kind of like Batman, but a little faster. Yeah. You know, let, less punishment in that domain. Now, when it comes to doing the human snaking, I was like, yeah, that's a little overplayed. I especially didn't appreciate that. But there's a few scenes that really landed with me or segments that you had to do like play as mary mm-hmm. well mary in norman osborne's penthouse like the last scene is her right and kind of like discovering and like you learn a lot more about uh harry osborne and pete's friendship like through these kind of investigative parts and that was cool that the game just kind of slowed itself down before the the finale yeah to kind of say like well here's the stakes and we're also going to take a, just a second to like seed the rest of this universe that we want to make I like that. I thought that was really excellently executed. That one was great. Um, I think I told you towards the end of what is, because the game is divided into three acts. Um, When I was nearing the end of act two, I thought that was like the end of the game almost. Mm. And I was like, oh, we're coming to the end of this game, but I'm getting bogged down with like stealth sections. And then most of act three is like Pete doing his thing, kind of stopping um, the Sinister Six and something else that's happening. You kind of trying to get ahead of it but um they execute that moment with mary jane i'm like this is perfect because it ties together the lore it ties together your relationship with um harry Mm -hmm. um and it just it's so deftly handled I, i i did enjoy that a lot but i i wouldn't say that like so my comparison was i liked miles's stealth sections a little more than mary jane's not that i didn't uh i liked the stealth sections more than pete's because i think the ones for pete as spider man were great because they do handle in that sort of Arkham way. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas these are just, they're, they're a little different. Why did uh, Miles' segments land a little harder for you? Because um, I, I feel like they were straddling a different narrative, essentially. Hmm. Um, because Miles' father, Jefferson Davis, is in the game. You do a side mission with him uh, where you basically have to stop. I think either, uh, it must be Lee's men. Um, and you're looking for like schematics to weapons yeah. and he gets declared a hero for what ends up, um, happening at the end of that. And they do a commencement ceremony for him. And there's, it's basically like a, a terrorist attack. It's a very like heavy moment. That the commencement game... ceremonies are terrorist attacks. Yeah. I'm not going to the commencement <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> Never. Keep me away no, from So them. like, a, yeah, that was kind of, um, 
eerie moment you know it's, mm-hmm. it, it, the parallels of course you know to what's happened in new york in yeah. the past and what we see elsewhere in the world it was eerie to see spider-man a spider-man game mm-hmm. tackle that kind of gravity of a situation and, and you're there as pete and you get seriously injured and it's not a moment where you can um, automatically become spider-man you're kind of helpless in the situation yeah so you control miles in yeah. it and you witness some shit go down and it's it's tough but it 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 kind of does you know serve its purpose to raise the stakes for the rest of the story because mm-hmm. like you know we get some pretty common beats that we're used to and you know especially since from the marvel movies with yeah. the villain trying to spray gas all over a city that kind of thing yeah but it does a lot to kind of ground these moments and especially have a slow burn like build up of certain characters i do you want to highlight uh auto octavius is in the game but you work for him you mm. work for octavius industries as pete parker and you have a mutual respect you know he's almost like a father figure to you mm. you're working on prosthetic prosthetic limbs and trying to improve that and getting the mechanics down with that and it's you already know like the audience knows no matter whatever your familiarity with the spider-man mythos is you know that's supposed to be Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a villain, and it's a waiting game. But how they handle this waiting game is so brilliant because it's more about just the relationship between these two. You know, their their respect for each other. They're working towards a mutual goal, trying to make things better. And then it, it just kind of throws in the salt in little doses where it's like, ooh, he kind of mentioned he's sick. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, he's running out of time because of his neurology neurological disorder mm-hmm. oh he's getting a little bent out of shape Ooh, there's a potential for the technology he's using to affect his mind and you like you see it coming like a fucking train in slow motion but it just cooks in the right way well because i think we have the luxury of it being served to us over a 20 to 30 hour experience whereas a movie has to kind of like speed that along in a mm-hmm. way that maybe doesn't feel earned whereas like this the game starts and you at a point you get a call from work and you don't quite even know that it is auto uh, that you work for him but then you land in the lab and you get this first shot of him and he's got the prosthetic rig and he looks like just kind of domineering and very eerie and imposing um and you kind of help him out and you're working with him to um refine his research and come up with the best prototype for these limbs and like you said, as the research steepens and it gets worse and his brain starts to generate, you see him turn in really, really eerie ways that plays out to the, the final moments of the game. It's just, it it's, serves it so well. And it, like if, if they shoehorn him as a villain just in the third act and like, they didn't have all that build, like say you didn't work for him and it's just mm-hmm. like, Oh, you heard about Otto in the background or saw like clippings in the newspaper about him. I don't think it would have played out quite the same. It wouldn't way. have felt earned, but no, not at all. Um, because the, the payoff of the, the the end of that game is the buildup of their relationship to its dissolution. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you see it, a, you see it miles away. You you know it's what's going to happen, but it still plays out like a tragedy. And you get to these big payoff moments toward the end of the game too, when you get to this big superhero fight, which by the way is one of the greatest like superhero fights in any game. Mm-hmm. Such a cool thing where you're on the side of the building fighting Otto Octavius. Holy fuck. I loved everything about that. And the dialogue they're having where like, okay, so he finds Peter out like sort of earlier in the game where he walks in on Pete, like repairing one of his Spider-Man costumes at Mm -hmm. uh, Octavius Industries and Otto like stops and goes like, oh man, Pete. Uh, And like, Pete's just like caught. He's like, oh fuck. Like, how do you explain this? And then Otto offers the answer to him. He's like, oh, so I didn't know you made Spider-Man's gear. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, Pete goes, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that, that's what's happening. And he starts like fastballing ideas. He's like, hey, you should tell him this or do right. this. And that's actually what inspires the main redesigned suit yeah. in this game with the, the white armor. It's called the advanced suit, officially. Mm-hmm. We'll get into suits in a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, we, we are. We want to talk about For some sure. suits. But yeah, you find out later that he knew all along he was Spider-Man. And that's what makes it worse because as he established the Sinister Six and did all this shit and infected people with this... Um, the, the, this MacGuffin, the uh, the Devil's Breath. The, the, the Devil's breath. breath, yeah. Yeah, 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 on the city and infects people with the pathogen. Spider-Man just like, you wait, you knew? You knew? Like, like he, he was scheming behind him the whole time. And it makes you doubt, like, how, when did the transition happen? How long was he working toward this? How long did was he fucking betraying me, essentially? Because, like, he was, like, sweetening the deal for each of the Sinister Six. You know, Rhino, I'm like, I'm going to build you a better suit. I'm going to do this for you. Or, no, he was going to get Rhino out of his suit. And he was going to build a better suit for Vulture and da-da-da-da. Like, gave him all these promises and stuff. And it's so crazy to hear Vulture talk about this man that you view as kind of Gentile for most of the game. Say, like, oh, it's a pleasure working with a man of his sorts. He has backup plans to his backup plans. And it's like, how long so, has was he scheming this? At least before the game's opening moments. Right, exactly. It's almost like before the game even started, essentially. Yep. Fucking obsessed with Norman Osborn, which, cool way they implemented Norman. I was wondering what they would do. He doesn't show up as a Green Goblin in this game. There's hints towards that. Mm-hmm. But you, you're never quite sure because each Spider-Man adaptation always fucks with that dichotomy of like what happens to Harry. Sometimes he's sometimes he's the Green Goblin. Sometimes he's a new Goblin, yeah. the Hobgoblin. One time he was Venom and that actually landed hard. And in this game, they kind of hint that that's what's going to happen. A little bit. We'll get there, though. We'll get there, though. We'll get yeah, there, yeah. though. Um, Norman Osborn being the politician, this the fucking shit eating grin politician who probably behind the scenes is just well is an asshole yeah fucking they never miss that characterization of of norman like he's always a jerk right he's always a jerk there's no tragic story to my dude except like you know he lost a wife essentially and they play that up in this too but him being the mayor of new york is an interesting uh uh, bent which uh in one of the comic arcs i believe dark rain he became the president of the u.s after like the events of civil war or some shit like that that's interesting yeah so it's not unfamiliar it is a callback to the comics Mm -hmm. like him being that but he's still like the head of oscorp and we get it insomniac he is an allegory for donald trump (laughs) of course (laughs) they could have gone a little harder with that but it's like, oh, yeah, he's in a political position and owns a gigantic corporation. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're doing. I like, so you have this sort of, after you get Kingpin out of the picture, you have this three uh, antagonists fold with um, Otto, Lee, and um, Osborne. And the yep. way they interplay with each other and it kind of moves the narrative along is, is really, really interesting. Um, because Lee, like we talked about, he is this kind of... Um, benevolent good guy from a, a face value a benefactor a benefactor if you will but he's really dynamic not only in his his wants and as well as what he's doing behind the scenes as well mm-hmm. and you find out like I, I wasn't really sold on on lee until probably the end of the second act because i was like okay he's evil he's doing terroristic things he's got this crazy like ability which is really neat but i'm like i don't really know why he's doing this i don't know that i'm kind of sold on his motives and they kind of let you know that um Osborne and Octavius basically experimented on Lee as a child Ooh. with the with the dragon's breath. Because um, <coughs> I think it's what um, Norman's wife fell ill, and he was experimenting with this to kind of save her. Mm-hmm. And he was probably one of the uh, 
patient zeros, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing so, he made Lee kill his parents. Yeah, made him explode. Yeah. Definitely made him explode. Well, super bomber man on him. Because, <laughs> like, you know, Lee has this negative power. It's it's fueled by his own rage and sorrow and everything not positive, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, and he can control or absorb other people's, like, energy essentially yeah. they always show him like rocking with his demon soldier and it's just like one day it's like oh hey grabs him by the chest and they just fall over That's and wild. i'm just like i don't think they're getting back up dude <laughs> like how do you how do you work for a dude where you know like ah, oh, any day he's gonna treat me like a fucking battery and <laughs> just zap Fuck. me in one <laughs> i could i couldn't show up to work like that like, too much liability like lee's like oh fuck my uh my iphone's about dead i'm at two percent and just fucking zaps your soul <laughs> let me grab this thug he's useless he'll be dead by the third act anyway <laughs> like come on dude all right so i think um overall though with this story do you think it, it it's like sets up enough cool things or are you gonna be like are you invested right now with what what they gave you um yeah how could i not be how could you not be uh, like honestly i wasn't too invested in the story um at the onset although i was definitely invested in the game and playing a spider-man mm-hmm. i wasn't invested in the stakes of the world but what they set up in the final moments of the game is just like pretty stellar yeah 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 yeah. it's gonna be fucking cooking i wonder i wonder who they're gonna rope in for the next one but we can get into the sequel talk in a little bit yeah we have um, some notes here we do i i do want to say um we talked all these characters really Mm -hmm. stellar performances all around from all the voice actors and and mocappers it it's really great um we had yuri lowenthal uh, as peter parker I think he did the voice work in uh, Sunset Overdrive as well. Yes, he did. Uh, Brian he, was, in- he was the male guy. Yep. Yeah. Brian Intel was like, well, we did this work with him. They, I think they didn't want to get him uh, initially because they thought it'd be a cop-out to kind of just like mm-hmm. piggyback him again. on him. But like nobody was like hitting it the way he needed to <laughs> and Yuri just fit. And it, it's it's true. Like He is Pete Parker as much as he is Spider-Man for he me. He really is. And, and all of his like throwaway lines or his major cinematic moments or even the way they kind of stress test his dialogue during certain things, like he just delivers for me. Like, okay, the one thing that like I thought what I would hate because I saw it at a preview event before, uh-huh. Spider-Cop, mm. where he does a whole Spider-Cop yep. speech <laughs> where he's talking to, uh, funny enough, in-game Yuri, Yuri yeah. your friend Yuri, who's like a cop, and starts saying like, oh, yeah. Spider Cop is on the job. Like, oh no, not Spider Cop! Don't. And yeah, she's like, "I'm gonna hang up now." And like, you feel like her to begin with, but like, he's so endearing. Mm-hmm. Like Yuri's performance, not to confuse you with which Yuri we're talking yeah. about, but the actor's performance with it just embodies Pete so well. And there, you do see a distinct difference. Like he's very serious. We're not very serious, but like he's Peter Parker. He's a normal, average guy, mm-hmm. and then he embodies that fun, fucking mischievous spirit of Spider Man. He has so much dynamism to his performance because like. Mm-hmm. He gives us those sort of sheepish moments with Mary Jane, those kind of like cute affectations moment of a of a of man in love. And then... some of my favorite moments in that game are, are developing or redeveloping or rekindling that relationship between them. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I was just like, damn, this kind of reminds me of the best parts of Amazing Spider-Man. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, I got I gotta love the moment too. There's a Stan Lee cameo when they have like kind of dinner together at this cafe. Yeah, and uh, he walks out first, and then she's last, and she kind of turns to this character who's Stan Lee, and he's like, "I always liked you two together," and it's just like if I didn't like them together before, I definitely love them here. Yeah, because uh, their relationship and the way the the voice actors kind of flesh out these characters is great. Um, so major shout out to Yuri. Major shout out to uh, Laura Bailey as MJ. Mm-hmm. 
really nailed it. it. Uh, another one I want to shout out is Darren DePaul as uh, Jonah Jameson. Holy <laughs> shit, <laughs> he's so good. Re- reimagining Jay Jonah as somebody that's moved on from the Bugle is now a fucking podcaster. Like a, he sounds like uh, Bill O'Reilly. Really though, screaming into the void about his bullshit. Spider-Man, Threat or Menace, and like the way that they place it after like big world events, it could be a story mission or maybe even just like stop some thugs. Mm. He'll tune in, yep. and fucking give you his opinion about your actions. It's it's so good. Or people will even try to like kind of play in Spider-Man's corner and be like, well, you can't all be that bad. Like he stopped Fisk, right? And like JJ will come up and he's like. Well, you are you an award-winning journalist? Then you don't know shit. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know anything, do you? (laughs) It's great. I love the way that he did him. Uh, Shout out to the actor who played Miles. He Mm -hmm. was fucking. He fucking nailed it, and I'm excited to see more of him. Yes, they. He did not become the other Spider-Man in this game, but he did get powers. They hint at it. They hint at it, and they hint that yeah, we're gonna revisit that in part two if there's gonna be a part two. Which, of course, is going to be a part two. Well, we're going to get there. We're going to get there, boy. And then one last shout out to uh, William Salyers as Doc Ock. Really. um, Nailed it. I I love, I forget who did it in Spider-Man 2. I forget that actor's name. Alfred Molina. He was amazing as Octavius. I Mm -hmm. I really, like, he kind of saved that movie for me. Yeah, he really did. It wouldn't be a great movie without him. Like, if Spider-Man 2 and the franchise was that speeding train, he was Spider-Man in front of it stopping it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, he, he really, he's great. And he definitely, he makes the nuances, like in Ock come to life and he really builds that character to his final arc and makes that feel like earned so really really does good stuff there um i want to talk about the sound just for like a second sure. since we're going off of the voice acting yeah. i love the attention to detail now you may have heard about this save roommates already but when you are like communicating like let's say somebody calls you through i don't know your fucking your phone mask yeah. <laughs> whatever is happening your, your blue spider tooth yeah like yuri chimes in or whatnot if you're swinging, there will be a different uh, voiceover where it's it's like Peter Parker kind of out of breath or mm-hmm. not like, you know, he's exerting himself. You hear he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like talking like as if he's trying to speak over the sound of wind soaring at yeah, you. Or cars or commotion. <laughs> yeah. But if you land on a rooftop or round, like land on ground level, it switches the cue to him speaking normally. And I'm just like, they did not need to do that. They did. And it totally sucks you into the world and like believing like, holy fuck, what a detail. The fact that they recorded all the voice lines twice just to accomplish that is just like insane. Kudos to you, Insomniac, because like that's not something that I would have thought to do, but you did it. And it really, if you notice it, it adds to experience. You want to talk about adding to experience? The fucking music Mm. and not just the way that it, first of all, it's better than most Marvel movie themes. Like, the music in this movie, like, it's very distinct, and it builds the character, yeah. whereas, like, I feel like in some Marvel movies, it's missed a mark with having a memorable score. Only in recent years have they been kind of killing it, you know? Yeah, because I struggle to remember, like, Iron Man's theme outside of, like, Black Sabbath. Hey. I am Iron <laughs> exactly. Man. Exactly. But, like, uh, the Avengers have a pretty notable theme. Um, yeah, the Avengers do. Doctor Strange has a pretty good this theme. This and that, but... Yeah. This one comes out of the gate with a fucking big old score, oh. and they cue it at certain times. For instance, when you're web slinging, if you like, you just jump off of a rooftop, do the dive, and the moment that you go into your swing, then the music cues up. Mm-hmm. Such a clever little thing to just make you feel big that you're in a big Marvel yeah. production. Makes you feel super. Super. Um, I gotta give credit to um, the sound design and the composer. Um, John Pisano is his name. 
really did an excellent job at the soundtracking and composing here. And um, the thing is about that theme, it's not the Spider-Man theme we know. It's a new, like, reimagined theme. Mm-hmm. It's cool, and it very much suits a world where it's like, okay, yeah, I would have loved to have been here, like, like, the fact that they kind of, like, decided to compose something new really makes it feel even better. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What uh, what other points you want to hit on here on this beautiful doc? Um, so we got our neighborhood-friendly personnel, gameplay, story... Um, we'll get to the end of that. Um, characters, duh, 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 we did all that sound. Uh, I guess miscellaneous stuff in the the UI in the city. Um, like we talk about uh, JJ, JJJ doing his thing and having his JJJ. commentary. Um, also, the people of New York City have their commentary with the uh, at uh, New York City web crawler. So basically, yeah. you have a Twitter uh, feed built into your UI on the menu, and you get to hear what people are saying about you. It's it's <laughs> nuts. Like some of the yeah. shit they're like, well, today what was it? Uh, are we sure this is a Spider Man's a human and not some sort of alien? Yep. It's just like shit that you would actually see. I love that they played that. In fact, I love that they like some of the use of current culture that they drip into it. For instance, the character Screwball, who was initially introduced into more modern comics as being like kind of a YouTube personality, like mm-hmm. trying to hit views and whatnot and doing antics that involve Spider-Man to get that kind of an annoying villain, not really a malicious villain, but an asshole nonetheless. Yep. She, okay. Well now she is much more prevalent and much more like apropos to the times than ever. Mm-hmm. And having that inclusion in the game of having, <laughs> her film you and do like stunts and shit it's it was interesting i i like that a lot that was great i like the little callbacks to the movies i like um seeing i like that it's like steeped in marvel lore and kind of hints that hey we're gonna open this up to something bigger for instance one of the most um kind of monumental things in the game is the adventurous tower yep fucking right over in the skyline you can go to it you can climb on it new york Big I, old a on as it. i was like kind of exploring the city and i was like well i haven't seen it yet and i thought to my knowledge of the movies i was like oh yeah it's upstate and lo and behold you see it on the horizon this one of the tallest structures in the game with that yep. blazing a i'm like it's so fucking great yes and you're like where are those assholes yeah on the west coast somewhere yeah they're doing something out there and then uh sanctum Sanctumsimtorum's in there yep uh, that that's a uh, reference to the strange fella, mm-hmm. the, the one that shoots uh, beams out of his hands. You yep. know what I'm talking about? The, the wizard, if you will. Yeah, I, isn't the, the, the movie called The Wizard Man? <laughs> <laughs> the Doctor Wizard. Um, <laughs> a major setting in the game is also Hell's Kitchen, so you get a lot of those Daredevil characters, Jessica yeah, Jones, all yeah. that stuff. Um, yeah, Alias Investigations is out there. Yep, um, and then from Daredevil, you got uh, Nelson and Murdoch. You have the boxing ring that uh, his dad grew up and fought in. Right, right, uh, right. Which is really cool. So it's just... Foghorns? Wasn't that Foghorns? Yep. Yep. It is just a very well-realized world in, in the Marvel Universe, and not just, like, in the MCU, but really all the extensions, because, like, all these other things, like, yeah, that's not in the MCU. It's in the shows. It's in the comics. Mm-hmm. It's it's everywhere. It's just Marvel Marvel. Yeah. It's Marvel everything. It's it's jam-packed. With Can I talk to you about something that's kind of troubling about the game? Hmm. <sighs> the boat people. Tell me about the boat people. The boat people, if you travel out into the water, first of all, Spider-Man can swim. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's fantastic. Previous games, if you jump near any, get, get the spider wet, he will die. <laughs> Don't get that spider <laughs> wet. True. Can't. So there be yachts going by, you know, toward the water. And um, if you get close to these boat people, maybe mm. activate photo mode to kind of look. By the way, we're, what a really in-depth photo mode. Fantastic. we got to go back to that. Circle back to that in a second. 
the boat people on these boats, their faces are like decay moded. Like they're not like normal looking people like well like the other civilians in the game. They they have these fucking like they look like the gushers ad people when oh somebody bites to a gusher and their head becomes a giant <laughs> like shape, like a watermelon or something like that. That's what they look like, but they look sinister. Nefarious even. They're skimming, they're doing boat things. Why are they there and what do they want? How come J. Jonah doesn't do... Like, they should code that into the DLC. Code in J. Jonah talking about the boat people <laughs> spotted offshore. Spider-Man suspicious? Have you heard about the boat people? Have you heard about the boat people? They're making a splash. What's Spider-Man doing about the boat people? Yeah, right? <laughs> he must be helping them. He's working with them. Terror in the waters. Um, I want to talk about a big... This is kind of an encompassing conversation here. Yeah. Um, just the open world in general. I've heard of it. It is packed full of things to do collectibles side missions factions things that really keep you involved and invested in it as you go along so so does did any of that seem like busy work to you because i i remember you working through toward the platinum and you felt like some of it was like a chore um towards the end yeah because it requires you to just do a lot of like faction fights um and after a while like because in the beginning parts of the game you have um like these Fisk factions where you're basically kind of like fighting off Fisk's men. Um, and then you have like the demon fights where you're fighting off Lee's men. But then halfway through they introduce um, Sable factions mm-hmm. as well. And then I forget what the last one is. I think it's prison fights. <laughs> Just good old prison well, fights. Because like there's a scene where like uh, something happens at the raft, that maximum security prison, and all the villains get out essentially. And so they introduce these last two factions in the latter part of the game. And it's like... Well, I thought I already cleaned up on all these. And then you have to go back through every sector of the game and just do, they, they make you do upwards of five of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets a little busy in that regard, especially if you are working towards the platinum. If you're not, it's fine because you can kind of take it or leave it. Yeah. But when that's all I had to do, I was legit like editing for like, I think two hours. And that's what I was doing the whole time. Just faction fights. And I was like, man, I had two hours of just this left. Oh, shit. Like, so it was a bit much. But like early on, it is cool and it does serve to kind of um, flesh out the experience. What was funny, I guess, because I hear like conflicting reports about how people have tackled the inner world versus doing the mainline missions. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear some people just go like, yeah, it just seemed like it took a while to build up in certain aspects in the story. And then others were just like, oh, it went by too quick. And I'm just like, how are you approaching the game? Yeah. Some people are doing like interspersing like open world between every mission. That's how Maybe they're going it. after like five backpacks or maybe they're just in the area of like, oh, let me clean up uh, Southside or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? And other people were just like, I fucking punished all of the open world and then just took the story on. And they got this like really like... Yeah, oh, I mean, well, it seems you, really uneven. It kind of uneven for me. It was before I I saved the third act. I did everything that I could do in the open world. Okay, they opened up two more faction like things. I think Sable and whatnot. Yeah, and, yeah. and then the Taskmaster uh, missions after that. But I did all of that and just basically had nothing. And then did the rest of the story, and I felt fine. Interesting. Yeah. So, th- so the way I did it, I think uh, initially was a lot like how you did it. I kind of alternated between doing story and open world stuff because I really love doing both. Yeah. And every time I was in open world, it's like, well, I need to unlock another tower so I can see where my uh, landmarks are so I can take photos or where I can find more backpacks. And I was like, I need to find these things. And I'm like, well, I should probably spend an hour or two doing this. What's happening with the story? And I kind right. of bounced back and forth until the, the second act where... Um, I knew we needed to record, so I was like, well, I gotta beat this game. I just gotta get through the story. And I kind of just punished the story in that, those last, like, hours. And then when I came back to it, it's like, I had a lot of faction stuff to do. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have padded that out more, I think. Yeah. 
Uh, I still think all of the content's enjoyable just because the gameplay is so good. Yeah. You know, I, I liked getting into the fights, even the annoying Sable ones, because they challenge my ass. It was... Well, they throw you a wrench with it where they're kind of like, you have like typical fights with what feel like humans or thugs, and then this uh-huh. one, it's like their futuristic, like, high-tech elements. They got jetpacks. They have jetpacks, they have laser guns. It's... Yeah, they're sons of bitches, ain't they? And then, like, even if you... So there's usually, like, five waves of that shit. Mm -hmm. And the first wave, you can sneak attack all of them. But, like, at a certain point, it's just like, nah, man, we got four waves of just a pure slobber knocker. You got two minutes. (laughs) And you fucking fight everybody. It's great. I didn't mind those so much because I think they gave you maybe five apiece. It was, like, the per section of new york like so say there are like seven or eight areas mm-hmm. that you have to kind of explore and get stuff in it was having five like crime instances for each of the factions yeah okay that, that got a little busy i actually liked going to the hideouts and doing those things well you know what happened is because they staggered the release of the like the last two factions you have to do i cleaned up all of the rest of them before that point yeah and then when they unlocked it i was like oh thank god there's more to do yeah so i had a much different experience with that it's interesting how people yeah. That's kind of, that's the fall of like, a, well, not fall, but that's, uh, that's one of the things about open world games. Everybody's going to approach it differently. They're going to approach it differently and it might kind of disrupt the experience in mm. some, some regards, especially if it's like, oh yeah, I spent the first 17 hours doing collectibles and it's like, yeah, you kind of fucked up that experience for yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, granted, I still could have probably used about 55 more backpacks by the end, but right. yeah. Um, so in the open world, what were some of your favorite stuff to do? My favorite shit to do was the random crimes. Okay. I liked beating the shit out of people and then webbing them to the side of buildings. That was always fun. Um, I like there was one segment where you there's a, a like a deli break in and you go into like the shop and it kind of like has like a side scroller. It does. Almost it changes lo- perspective. Yeah, it feels like a sort of like comic scene. Almost, yeah, where he's kind of beating really them up side by side. I love that shit. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know who decided that like this is the way to approach delis. Yeah. <laughs> it was a neat touch. I wanted more instances like that. Well, they also robbed jewelry stores too yeah. in the same way. Yeah. <laughs> You got this like forced perspective beat him up and i'm like yo dude i love this shit um i i loved getting into any fight obviously that was my favorite shit so i like doing taskmaster shit because he he made you fight like waves of enemies and had to do it under like a certain time limit to he get made medals. you do a bunch of shit like yeah he pff, fucking uh disarming bombs and <laughs> which you have to like web up in the sky yep. <laughs> um i I want to talk about some of the standout like shit for me. The Halloween party was great, and I really do want to go back. I know we mentioned it a few times. The photo mode was such a joy and added like probably an additional five hours of playtime for really? me because I'm just trying to set up perfect shots and and it's so it's got such a suite of like features and being able to like swing in and out and change field of view and stuff. You can make some real cool art out of this video game art. Um, Especially with, like, the different filters and, like, frames you could set your photo up in. (laughs) Get your characters in silly shit. I went to a Halloween party and remade Halloween 2, Mm -hmm. like, with different snapshots and shit and just made it creepy and foreboding. And I was like, yes, I love spooky Parker. That's great. You were rocking the the spider punk costume. The entire game. The entire game. Wow. The entire game. Every cutscene. Wow. Spider punk is my my Spider-Man. That's true. I, uh, I felt he embodied the spirit of spider-man somebody who hates cops and hates uh people being beset upon (laughs) you know hates law too hates doesn't agree with law but likes people to abide by law it's a he's a complicated person he really is but he gets the job done he gets the job done great in a vest in a vest in the best vest with the fucking little spike studs all over it so cool details lavish do you want to talk about suits for a second 
I'm um, sure we can talk about the suits for a second. Well, what were you rocking uh, for most God, of the game? God, I was rocking just so many different suits. Okay. Uh, I think the first one I was fucking around with was the uh, Scarlet Spider suit, uh, uh, the Ben Riley. Yeah. I just like the style of it with it. Just like it's a Spider-Man costume, but he's got a ripped blue hoodie over it. I don't know. It was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man 2099, the black sex suit was probably my favorite. Fucking, I look ripped in it the whole time. <laughs> um, the spirit spider was a cool one that you unlock towards the end. What a hideous creature. What the fuck? And uh, he's actually bulkier than most yeah. other Spider-Man designs. Which And his head's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took some amazing, obscure photos out of that shit. Oh, man. You want to talk about art? Like, yeah. you... You made art. I made art of shots. Uh, Delhi Pandemonium is probably one of my favorite 2018 creations. <laughs> Check it out on Twitter, guys. At Save Room Show. Um, so that one's good. I really like the um, vintage costume that makes him look like he's pulled from yeah. like a comic panel. Yeah. Um, especially with some of the filters and uh, border frames you could set up because you get to set the photos in a, like a, on a comic book cover essentially. Yeah. And it feels really like natural. Yeah, it's one of your filter place. options. It's pretty good. But my favorite suit, I think, was like the Endgame suit, which is the anti-ox suit. Yeah, that was so a cool good. one. Very I cool. I love one. that suit. I love how it comes about too, where it's just like, well, you helped him build his costume. Mary's saying this. Yeah. He's like, just come up with something that like you would know his suit better than anything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh shit, I can make an entire costume that fights his ass. Yeah, I mean, he mentions things like that happening because um, in the open world you get these backpacks, um, and some of them are things that you get from your fights with other villains. And like, I love that he talks about like the glass from Mysterio's helmet and how he used that for like his his lenses, um, his, lenses his lenses, and just like things like that. Or like um, he was fighting Shocker and he <clears throat> made like an anti shock absorbent suit. So you know that Pete's smart and he's thinking <laughs> about these things. So the fact that you get the context of that in the collectibles and then it pays off in the end where he's like, I need something to defeat who might be my greatest foe i need to use his research against him i love it's cool <laughs> i love that i that's the tr- okay that's one of the things that i really want to illustrate like the tragedy of the story we understand like you know the relationship between doc and and peter they had a much more in tune relationship in this in this embodiment mm-hmm. but the one thing that really like fucking just nails it for me that they say out loud is like like you helped create your greatest nemesis pete yeah by trying to be virtuistic trying to follow in his stead respect him and it hurts and like that's the thing about trying to be good all the time like this game actually tackles the idea of like what is it like to be this good all the time mm-hmm. and it, it's not easy you make some hard choices and that's imagine that imagine having that blow up in your face where it's like i fucking created a monster yeah <laughs> and like you do it unsuspectingly the whole time although you kind of like you get wise to it at a certain point because yeah. like when you stop in into his lab in between uh narrative segments you're doing like these circuit puzzles or the spectrograms which are actually I love like, the spectrograph co- puzzles the best i really like those sort of little yeah. mini games that the game has i know a lot of people don't really care but for there's them. too many of them and the few instances that where you have to do it as a yeah. part of the story they overdo it yeah. it's like you're doing it like five in a row that's fair and it's like can you can you dial up yeah, it? yeah yeah it's like somebody at insomniac had something to prove like maybe they had a mobile game in development that got fucking tanked and he was like this is my chance to shine <laughs> this is my swan song and i need to make this known Put fucking 200 puzzles into the (laughs) spider-man game but i I like that along the way you realize oh shit i'm actually like building specs and fine-tuning his arms and his suit yeah and what becomes doc ock (sighs) it it sucks but it's great yeah it's such a great just the nature of that relationship i love that do you want to talk about the final act we can talk about the final act dude okay 
I would love to. So where where does that go for you? Because you have the build of Martin Lee as kind of the central mm-hmm. antagonist, mm-hmm. Um, and you get a lot of crazy cinematic moments with him. Um, essentially, the terrorist attack um, on the commencement ceremony. Uh, a later, the later there's a, a, a truck instance there's a train instance it's basically him instigating all these situations um but then you kind of get this switch narrative where like he isn't the main uh antagonist he's kind Mm -hmm. of a pawn in a way right i think that wouldn't have worked if we didn't get all those moments of build-up with awk and peter yeah uh because if it was just kind of oh he came out of nowhere and we had some sort of slight familiarity it would feel like a bait and switch it was like this doesn't even make sense yeah but the way that they did it it was like no this does make sense and the fact that oh wow octavius and norman are a part of uh, Martin Lee's history mm. and, and it's kind of actually it mirrors that whole idea of like you know they created together for the betterment of mankind at some point Norman and Octavius were better than what they are now mm-hmm. and it's kind of like Otto and Peter trying to create towards something better yeah they accidentally made a monster and that's what Martin Lee is and it's funny to have that kind of that parallel within this story i gotta wonder if that was the schism for like osborne and octavius like what happened with lee maybe like Mm. one of them agreed with it the other didn't maybe um it is interesting and i I would love we need to bring back osborne for the sequel we need i need more about that it looks like they're really dialing up for the osborne family legacy and how they want to go about mm -hmm. that i wonder how much of that's going to be green uh uh what do you call them Green Goblin, <laughs> and how much of, well, they hinted at the symbiote suit. Yeah. And in fact, that's why you can't wear the suit as a bonus costume in the game. Insomniac said, that story needs like more care respect and, and care and time. And yeah. that, that just tells me, yo, either Spider-Man 2 or 3, you're going to approach that storyline. I feel like it'll... I I don't doubt that they'd serve it to us in pieces in 2. Yeah. In yeah. Spider-Man 2. Um, I, I love the final act. I think it's really great, especially when you get uh, kind of becoming the leader of the Sinister Six um, and you get these sort of stage boss fights with like Scorpion and the Shocker. Or, or wait, no, it's Electro, right? Uh, Electro. Scorpion, Electro, Rhino, and uh, Vulture. Vulture. It's yep. pretty cool. Who apparently had the longest standing history with in, in this mythos, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know when you pick pick up like items that peter finds for the vulture he's like probably the smartest guy i've ever fought and they just have this rich history every time he encounters these characters i love that shit i love the way they did that it's, it's pretty great i gotta say though i don't always love like how all the boss fights are handled because mm. i feel like they're all kind of like pretty one note like okay i'm getting a i'm up against a boss who's bigger than me okay i have to grab an item throw it at him disable him web him it becomes very procedural where i feel like they could have done maybe some different field of plays with it um because like you have a fight when you're in like a shipyard and then another fight well the segments with uh scorpion are pretty cool because yeah. you're kind of infected and you're swinging across like this sort of psychedelic version of New York. Yo, that it, entire dream sequence thing was fucking nuts. It's so wild and cool. I haven't seen shit like that in the game since DMC Devil May Cry. That kind of <laughs> other world shit it was mm-hmm. great. Yeah, no, I see what you mean about the boss fights. Like they I weren't super dynamic. I, they weren't super, super dynamic. I understand why that may be, especially when you need to like think about your audience. It's mm-hmm. like, if you try to implement these fucking really challenging Dark Souls-esque boss fights yeah. in a Spider-Man game, 
you have just fucking lost a probably a big segment of an audience that would pick up a spider-man game in the first place <sighs> yeah I, I gotta agree like yeah. you can't make it like this isn't gonna be the fights of the lothric prince or the dance no, or the boreal no. battle like it's not gonna be that level no um but the, yeah i see what you mean like i remember the first kingpin fight just going like oh this is kind of like whatever mm-hmm. i'm throwing things at him and webbing him because if i don't web him he just hits me a bunch of yeah. times until I'm and dead. you don't even really get the satisfaction of landing the final blow a lot of the the final executions of your movements are done through like quick time events yeah which is yeah, like that yeah. always lessens like the gameplay for me a little bit uh, yeah i wanted a little more control in those bigger moments mm-hmm. um but i i see why they did what they did because it does there's still larger than life moments the boss fights end up yeah, being they're good set pieces they're good set pieces but yeah i i, I think they're part two i hope they approach it maybe just a little different manner mm-hmm. i i wasn't i didn't walk away from it just like with a bad taste in my mouth i was no. just like no i still felt like spidey yeah <laughs> during they, those were, they were cool and they all had me intrigued but i think by the end of it i was like well that was it uh, yeah i think like there's one particular fight with tombstone that was really cool yeah you're fighting them in this like kind of uh chop shop and you're like oh this is kind of neat yeah. or even the fight okay w- i'm so <laughs> glad you mentioned the fight because his gang shows up riding motorcycles in the chop shop yeah. and you can fucking web those yeah. and throw it at tombstone <laughs> i was just like who made the- am i playing brutal legend what the <laughs> fuck is this this is this is the best game i've ever played like that's what i thought when i was <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a pretty good segment that you you do it's yeah. like that at the end of a bunch of side quests you do um, that shit was super neat. clever yeah. um and then the taskmaster ones at the end are pretty great because like you do all these missions for him and he's basically watching your movements and then you get this fight with him where it's like kind of a mirrored fight where he's kind of mimicking all your moves he's doing web slinging he's doing all this crazy shit that fight was kind of stand out just because yeah. it was like wow i'm fighting a really tough martial artist yes he knows my moves mm. son yeah i like how they did taskmaster although he looks way too much like deathstroke oh uh, yeah i could agree yeah with that. like super deathstrokey but granted i think the most standout experience is the final climactic fight with ock ock on the so side good. of the building punching him and and like it, they even like throw away the hud and throw away all oh, that God, shit yeah and it's not even like super like intricate it's just like you know you're bobbing and weaving and punching them but it's like the shit that they're saying to each other mm-hmm. the, the fact that they're standing on the side of a building that's falling apart fucking pete's mask is like broken at yep. the lens and stuff it's just so fucking good like my dude's betrayed he just felt the ultimate betrayal from what he considered a father figure mm-hmm. Otto octavius like yeah i've always known fuck you <laughs> it hurts it hurts man it's it's a standout experience definitely like where i didn't think the narrative was gonna land that hard for me i was like whoa this now put this yeah. in the contender spot of game of the year for me just for that moment alone yeah it man. just it resonates so so deeply um it's I'm, hard i'm gonna drop some lines here in, Give in it that to fight uh where he's just kind of confronting ock uh one of the lines is like uh let me see that man again he's like that man is gone he's like let me save you you are my hero he's like you meant so much to me i hate that you're making me do this we were going to change the world and his response to peter is if you want to change that world parker you have to be the kind of man that can make the hardest decisions (laughs) and it's just like oh yeah and in that moment he had to make a hard decision he had to basically overcome a peer and a mentor and put him away (laughs) like yeah tell my favorite line from that you wrote it down i remember when he was talking about uh, it being a tough choice, what did he say? Oh, um, but uh, men like us have a duty, a responsibility. Um, you do what you think is best, Doc. It's all any of us can do, even when everything hurts like hell. <laughs> yup. That speaks to the character so intrinsically. And I'm so happy there's a piece of media, let alone a video game, that understands that about that character. Mm-hmm. Like, he is the underdog, and it doesn't matter. 
He's going to go in there. He's going to do his goddamn best because he feels that, going back to the core theme of the series, that he has a responsibility to. Mm-hmm. I love that this shows how tough that responsibility is. It is. You know, it's it's not just a mentality or a mantra. It's it's consequence. I love that the story got that. Yeah, and I like that you get it in the final moments. It really drives the climax to just such a, a yeah. great, heartfelt moment. You're like, fuck. Can we talk about another big old risky thing that Insomniac did? Sure. They killed May Parker. They did kill May Parker. They which did. I feel like happened a little too fast, but you're like, no, I feel like it was paced. I think it was paced right. appropriately. Because <laughs> like, okay, so before they killed her, they actually gave her a big old scene with Pete. And I was just like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, you get to play as her and you're feeding the people at Feast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a four hour mini game. I don't understand why they did it. Are you fed Tucker? Okay, good Tucker. Good yeah. boy. The game's not VR, but you can actually put on PSVR and yeah. just kind of spoon feed people. <laughs> And you're always smelling her meatloaf. It's everywhere. God, it's so bad, May. It's so bad. No, they, um, so Pete has a tough choice. He yeah. actually gets a, uh, the path or cure, essentially, that's synthesized from the, um, dragon's breath, whatever the fuck you want to call mm-hmm. it. And he could selfishly use it to save her in the moment because she got sick because of the breath. Or he could, you know, get it synthesized to use for the rest of New York. And mm-hmm. like he, he almost plugs it into her, her, uh, IV mm-hmm. and then walks away and stops and she fucking dies right there. Well, it's in that moment she reveals that she's always known that he's been Spider-Man. Yeah. Which is pretty wild. Um but you know, after 8 years of doing it, you'd be hard-pressed to not know that this guy's living a double life, mm-hmm. which is why I was like feel like Doc Ock figured it out pretty easily cuz he's supposed to be the smartest man in the room. Yeah. So he picks up on that pretty easily. But I'm sure May over time is like, oh, you're not here while Spider-Man's doing that thing or vice versa. Like, oh, Spider-Man left. So now you're at feast. Okay. So she probably pieced it together after like, a while. Come on, man. But she Ben knew. did not marry no fool. No. All right. She's, she's a, sharp as a tack. She's a fucking pistol. She's a pistol. And her meatloaf? Mwah. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> it's, 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 it's all right. <laughs> but she knows he has this responsibility to do good. And, um... The end quote on her her tombstone is pretty great. It's like when you help someone, you help everyone. I was like, ah, oh, damn, damn this this fucking game, land, son. I gotta tell you, they it's a good story. It really is. I know parts of it are predictable, but it it just hits the right beats, takes the right risks, and just gets the character, nails it. It's a character first story with larger than life situations. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. It's almost um I don't I don't mean to get pretentious here, Spielbergian in okay. a way. You know, because it, it feels like grounded normal people dealing with fucking extraordinary circumstances Mm -hmm. spider-man's always felt that way it just so happens that he is the extraordinary circumstance that he has to deal with i've always really enjoyed the human element in superhero takes Mm -hmm. i don't know it just makes that much more compelling i feel not to knock on like rock setting or anything i feel that's a little bit removed in some of the batman games because he's such a stoic character you don't really get that kind of like of feeling human parts we have to lean on his parents death to ever like feel any yeah. sympathy for batman whereas i feel sympathy for peter parker not knowing what how to handle an everyday fucking situation like oh shit i need to be spider-man but peter parker going missing and like right here is gonna be real bad for my career well, you don't get the <laughs> moments in the arkham games of getting to play as bruce wayne you get like one weird fight in yeah. arkham city but yeah, yeah i see what you mean like you're always batman more or less yes whereas like you really get the duality of being pete versus spider-man because they right. make you play as both forms yeah so and they didn't make it lame somehow 
No, they didn't. Yeah. They could have messed that up, and I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, they, that could have gone real south. We could be talking about, like, yeah, it's a great game, but, like, every time they made you not Spider-Man, it was goddamn garbage. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I don't feel that way. I felt yeah. like, no, that really served the story. Well, I'm glad they don't have you exploring, like, the open world as Pete Parker. They have you in oh, these very no. contained areas, like, Feast or just the lab, even. Oh, dude, that would be, like, fucking uh, getting uh, Dave Franco to play Peter Parker. No, uh-huh. you can't just be doing that. <laughs> so good. So good. Mm. <laughs> have you had this pie, Pete? <laughs> do, do, are, do we have time for that? Are we going to do a podcast in a podcast? Oh, God, the podcast within the podcast. The, the Spider-Man cinematic review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about some Spider-Man movies? I kind of do. There's only five of them. Okay. Actually, we can do six. We can also... Do you want to just like club that after... How many more thoughts about Spider-Man the game do we have? Uh, I mean, we have the afterthoughts uh, where we think the sequel is going to go. And okay. then I kind of wanted to have closing thoughts about what worked, what didn't work for us. Okay. Yeah. Well, you brought me here. So <laughs> real quick, we're going to talk about the Spider-Man Cinematic Universe. Oh, you want to talk about the Spider-Man Cinematic Universe? Let me tell you, buddy. Tell me. I got to tell you, um, whew, some of these experiences did not age well. <laughs> I don't think so at all. <laughs> Especially because oh. when, when the original Raimi Spider-Man movies came out, uh, our Spider-Mans, bar, the, the Spider-Person movies, <laughs> the, our bar for what a superhero movie should be wasn't very high. Like, no, no. We had like the X-Men movies. And, and that, a little bit Blade. And a little bit Blade. And then the ba- Batman movies that came like well before it. True. True, 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 true. So, uh, I recently re- revisited Spider-Man 3. Oh my god, because they added it to Netflix. They added it to Netflix. Jesus. I had to walk on through, and let me tell you what, there's parts of this movie that aren't bad. Like, the whole Sandman, like, birth scene, where, like, he emerges from the pit of sand, was actually beautiful. <laughs> it was, it you was were artistry. so You came into my room crying, you're like, they did it. I was like, oh my god, man. <laughs> I believed a man could be sand. <laughs> but... Venom, on the other hand, is like the polar opposite of like, okay, there's handling a villain adequately, and then there's Topher Grace's Venom. I think Topher Grace was just a bad cast in in totality. I feel like he would have been a better Peter Parker, <laughs> to be honest. Oh my god, you're so right. Because he's got so much more dimension than Tobey Maguire will ever have in his life. So we get him, and we get when he gets symbiote on him. Yeah. He just has Topher Grace's voice. So it's Eric Foreman speaking through this fucking, like, alien squid monster, like, symbiote face. And he's got, like, teeth for some reason. I don't know know why that makes sense, because when the suit was on Pete, it was just like, oh, it's a suit. It was just a black suit. In fact, he even took it off and folded it at some point. (laughs) I was just like, that doesn't make sense (laughs) to how the symbiote works. I I think the way the symbiote is... is portrayed in those movies it feeds off of like negativity and anger and in those moments Topher Grace feels defeated because like Pete made him lose his job he took his girlfriend (laughs) okay so he became like a weird dog demon essentially um that is on his haunches and like there's this one fucking alleyway conversation where he's with the Sandman he's like so you want to join with me the cool cats it's good to be bad (laughs) like that's the conversation he's having and I'm like holy shit did you not get Venom right not only did you not get Venom right it's like i feel like any superhero movies released in the next five years will still be a little bit bad because this movie exists <laughs> like it's a stain okay i'm glad there was never a spider-man 4 and i know there was supposed to be there was supposed to be oh my god and also can we talk about um fucking harry osborne 
as portrayed by James Franco and how he became <laughs> how he became the cool border of the air throwing his fucking pumpkin explosives and has this full on try murderathon with Peter like just shows up within the first 10 minutes of the movie yeah swoops in grabs Peter in his civilian clothing like, which is, for is some he reason, in the middle of a date or is he just walking on the street I he, forget he's walking away from like uh, Mary Jane's de- debut uh, on Broadway yeah. and then she gets like canned that night because it, I mean fuck <laughs> she was not great I mean I would have canned her from the movies in general <laughs> but that's like an extra meta um, he comes in swoops his ass and tries fucking tries to murder my dude and pete's like i gotta use my web and stops him fucking clotheslines james franco james franco snaps his neck in four different locations (laughs) his cool ass board goes flying (laughs) into the side of the alley his legs are doing like an h shape it's crazy and then he wakes up from a hospital bed with like amnesia amnesia doesn't remember anything doesn't remember like oh Pete killed my father. Which is like a big reveal at the end of Spider-Man 2. Yeah. We, we thank God, though, that Harry's butler waited until he was dis, disfigured <laughs> to let him know. By the way, Spider-Man didn't kill your dad. Yeah. Your dad killed your dad. Yeah. His stupid glider impaled his ass. I guess I could have told you earlier. Yeah. But didn't. it's not as dramatic. Actually, no, I take it back. Spider-Man 3 is a great movie. <laughs> If it, I mean, if it means that you were taken on a ride, then yeah. Can you take me on a ride in another movie that we watched very recently in the Spider-Man movie films? God, we watched the first Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> yes, movie, we did. which takes itself way too seriously at times and is way too dark. <laughs> but I like the sort of reimagining of an origin story that it does. Uh, Mark Webb, thank you. You tried. You tried to do something different, and you succeeded on the front of making a very compelling and wonderful gwen and pete story but everything else i don't i don't know that it always landed but it did something to me why was andrew garfield like playing it like beautiful mind (laughs) with the way that he handled like scenarios and (laughs) making the web shooters and like his powers where he uh basically sexually harassed a woman and then physically assaulted like three people (laughs) that that tried to tell him please don't sexually harass this woman but he couldn't help it his powers were just awakening that was such a weird way to like tell us the audience that he's becoming spider-man like he gets bit at oscorp he's taking the the subway home and he's laying down and some dude just puts a fucking beer bottle on his head for what are we doing what and then his spider senses start going he fucking does this backflip up to the the train car ceiling you he like, almost what? takes out the train <sighs> it's confusing it's weird it's a little goofy but at the same time like when he gets on when he puts the suit on he turns into the pete parker that toby mcguire was like not he he's doing the one line he's doing quips he's mm. playing with his enemies he even sounds a little new yorker yeah it's just unfortunate that um time has not aged that suit well it looks like a giant her pleasure condom it's that... always wet it's always wet I don't understand. <laughs> it's so weird like i get latex i get how it's supposed to look and but... he's and he's got the smaller lenses so he, he looks like um home invasion <laughs> spider-man <laughs> rather than your friendly neighborhood spider-man i'm so glad marvel got the emoting and the eyes down with homecoming because <laughs> god damn oh but i do love that his web shooters were external to his Mm. suit which i feel is super intrinsic to the character peter parker making his own web fluid and web shooters denotes that he is brilliant he's a genius Mm -hmm. toby Maguire couldn't tie his own shoes (laughs) they were just like yo we're gonna have to make these webs organic because nobody's gonna believe doofus over here ever created anything beyond a fucking lego connect set (laughs) 
<laughs> but where he failed everywhere else, he was like a savant in the arts because yeah. the sketches for like his original Spider-Man costumes were like, holy shit. Yeah, holy shit, Like dude. the level of artistry. He could have worked downtown New York for like any big fashion firm just fucking designing like men's apparel or maybe you know, wrestling clothing. I don't know. He didn't have to be Spider-Man is what I'm saying. Tell he me didn't Blair. need to. He shouldn't have been. They should have started with Garfield. And there is an odd amount of body horror in The Amazing Spider-Man weird stuff everything to do with the lizard and even like the spider bite on pete where he pulls out this fucking dead spider with a web from his wound that's a lot yeah (laughs) that's a lot man there was more i forget what else they do but i think he has like a kind of like a day mare where he like gets this weird spider horror things it feels like a a gingy ito scene i don't know where i'm like what is happening so much now Uh, let's talk about what they get right though yeah dennis leary's captain (laughs) stacy he kills it yeah, and he gets killed. I was like, you just fucked up the rest of this franchise. In fact, that's why Amazing Spider-Man 2 failed. The lack of Dennis Leary in that film. Because he, he's, he's the gravity we need. He's the connective tissue that makes me, makes me believe this condom spandex man. <laughs> <laughs> also, Emma Stone is... Oh my god, she's a cutie. Emma Stone, put her in everything. Oh, she chews up every line and every dumb line she makes a million times better. I don't know how she does it. She's just so endearing to watch. And seeing them on screen together is just like one of the most charming things I've ever seen in cinema. And it's like... Second only to her and Ryan Gosling. And Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy, it's like, of course she figured out, like, you know, gets revealed that he's Spider-Man within the the first first, 30 minutes. Well, no, it isn't the first 30 minutes. Because it takes them like 50 minutes for him to finally become Spider-Man. That's true. Like, it putzes around for so long. Focusing on, like, his scientist parents that went missing in a plane crash and and all this other shit and mysterious bags and and fucking martin sheen is <laughs> now pete <laughs> what's wrong with this man he looks like he looks like bilbo baggins walking around he has no shoes on for half the film oh in the scene when they're in the basement and there's like a little flood <laughs> i thought they were going to the spider shire <laughs> The movie gets very, very few things, like, really right, but for the most yeah. part, it lands way f- more for me than the Raimi movies did. Oh, it does, though, for some yeah. reason. Because, like, the most magical scene was where the, the, okay, Lizard has a fucking panic attack on one of the bridges mm-hmm. and knocks a car over, and Spider-Man mm-hmm. catches it. There's a kid in the car. Car's on fire. He walks in, and the kid's freaking out because this fucking giant condom man is, is <laughs> like, arriving in there. He goes, Pete takes off his mask. He goes, no, 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 it's me. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. And the kid gets all relaxed and like oh okay and then he makes him put on the mask he's like yeah it'll make you powerful and i was just like this is like a sweet cool moment that like i never got out of the toby Maguire films mm-hmm. you know it was great but it's these little gasps in otherwise having your head held underneath water under the tide for the rest of the film <laughs> much wow. like he did in the sewer <laughs> with all those lizards around him <laughs> um so for me this movie gets like hallmark spider-man moments right yeah the game translates them very very nicely yeah yeah yeah. uh quick ranking of the spider-man movies for me uh from top to bottom number one we got homecoming homecoming number one no better spider-man movie absolutely uh number two i'll give it to amazing spider-man because it's just great i totally agree i would give you that one too memorable and it's all it's weird my number three would be spider-man three sorry spider-man two spider-man two yeah and then underneath that is everything else nobody cares about the rest of those we don't need need to talk about those those don't exist great review I am interested in watching Amazing Spider-Man 2 again, only to have that one scene where when Spider-Man gets knocked between Transformers, it plays a, a, dubstep, like a dubstep version of Itsy Bitsy Spider. <laughs> it really does, though. <laughs> so Spider Amazing Spider-Man 2's pratfall is, is trying to do way too much in one movie, and then 
putting way too much dubstep in it. Like dubstep was wasn't dubstep that big of a film. thing then. It was big Maybe. for Pete. Oh my god. Pete Parker was just super dude, he's looking like a, a creative character from Pro Skater <laughs> in that movie. Like he starts out with the fucking like the the the, the cutoff shorts uh-huh. and he's skateboarding and shit, and I'm just like what What's going on here, man? Select a character. <laughs> you goofy footed. You goof. Always goofy. Never oh mango. God. That that movie gets the the Gwen moments even better though. Up to her untimely demise. Snaps her goddamn neck. It gets. I like. I watched that movie probably two months ago just for the fuck of it. Did you? Yeah, I rented it on the PlayStation Network, and uh, that scene almost made me choke up and cry because it's just, it's so well delivered and done. And you think he's gonna save her? You think he's gonna save her, Kevin? <laughs> damn it. <laughs> oh buddy boy all right well we're in the end game here i miss talking movies sometimes listen we're gonna do our our (coughs) save room after hours cast one of these days one of these days we can talk whatever the fuck we want take our pants off and let our hair down so we're we're in the end game here of the cast uh let's talk future of insomniac games and their spider-man franchise sure what do you think they're gonna do with the sequel I think that they just need to probably refine what they have here because mm-hmm. they came out of the gate fucking running. Yeah. Okay. I can't even imagine what else I would want besides more from this game. I just want more, 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 more. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that there's DLC down the way, but I know I'm going to fucking beat those in like one sitting each, which is going to be upsetting because I'm going to be like, huh. <laughs> I almost got a tease. I back do like in the though, they, they kind of have them staged in the oncoming months. So like one in October, one in November, one in December. Yeah, that's I think true. That's really cool. Now, I do think they can get a little nutso. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's almost a given that they're going to kind of uh, evolve Miles Morales' story, and I want to see what that interplay between having two Spider-Men is. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you really want to go goddamn crazy, maybe try to adapt the Spider-Verse story into the Marvel games. That'd be cool. Have a bunch of different Spider-Men or just like a bigger kind of like... Because the one thing I kept on wondering, especially since Infinity War came out this year, is like... Hmm, what would the games feel like if they went cosmic? Because that's something that's a part of like the comic identity of yeah. Spider-Man. Him going to space and getting into the crazy, goofy situation. In fact, some of my favorite shit are his interactions with Doctor Strange, where he gets sucked up into the mysticism world. Mm-hmm. That would be cool to have that happen. Maybe introduce that a bit where it's like, hey, we get other Avengers showing up in the game and we get stuck in these crazy levels, you yeah. know? I mean, look, we got a teaser with that dream level in this game. Yeah, Imagine. Sure. Imagine going nuts with it. That was such a, a very unique gameplay sequence that I mm-hmm. wish. Well, I'm glad we got like an, that and we got another instance of it. It felt like it was done in good doses, but I, I just want more things like that. But what if the next game was like, yeah, we went to space for like <laughs> a little segment. Um, Yeah, I'm sure in the sequel, the stakes will be raised a lot. And yeah, it might come down to having moving something cosmic or more. Um. I, I love that these games are set in a sort of Marvel universe, but I don't think we're going to get large interplay of other Marvel yeah, characters. Maybe not. Maybe not. No, because like you have um, Square Enix and Idis Montreal, or no, Square Enix and Crystal Dynamic, I should say, um, doing their Avengers game, which yeah. I feel like is going to be a very separate entity from this. Yeah, I think so too, but the smart idea would be to try to connect these, even if it is just like, oh, hey, dudes, here's a cameo from Marvel Spider-Man wearing the white suit and all mm. that, or like the, the white icon. Oh, shit. You know, maybe he's referencing events that happened in New York. It's just like, yeah, just uh, Kingpin just got out. And like, it's like, oh, shit. Maybe that's actually Yuri still playing Spider-Man for that. That'd be interesting. That would be cool. Just have a sides like that until they can figure out a bigger scheme to make it all work together. I'd be into that. 
Now, one thing that this game does is uh, you hunt after costumes, whether by accomplishing in-game goals mm-hmm. or finding. Well, it's not really crafting, but you do you do need to grab like a bunch of items. Well, you need order... like you get like crime faction tokens. Yeah, and, the tokens, uh, research tokens from doing hairy stuff. You get the tokens from doing the black cat thing. And you use those to basically craft costumes. So what would be really cool is if they took a nod from Injustice 2, mm-hmm. where you can kind of like remix different parts of costumes. I think it would be really cool to make your own crazy looking Spider-Man. I think it would be with pretty like, rad. you know, the gauntlets that you want, web shooters that you want, different masks, maybe like have some weird, the Spider-Punk vests wearing on top of like the homecoming outfit, something nuts like that, you know? I would be into being able to like remix your own costumes and have it... Because, like, they do play around with this one idea where uh, each costume has a, like, a suit power. Yes. And you could even transfer that to other suits. So mm-hmm. it's not just locked to that suit. What if it was like that? Different attributes that you remix between different parts of costumes. I mean, that might be the predecessor for it if they end up doing it in the sequel. I feel like that would be a cool approach. Because, like, I didn't love the, the Iron Spider suit, but I loved <laughs> no. having the Iron Spider legs. Yeah. Uh, as sort of my power-up ability for other costumes. So that was cool. Yeah, no, I, um... I like the idea of being able to remix costumes because I feel like for this game, there are maybe only like, I only liked half of them, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, some of them didn't land with me, man. Yeah. Well, what were you What were you hoping for uh, as like somebody who's really entrenched in all the I Spider-Man mean, lore? I, of course, got the ones that I definitely thought would be there and wanted, like the 2099 outfit. Didn't know they would have the white uh, version of that, yeah, too. That it was cool. the one that they introduced for the new Marvel comics um the homecoming outfit i'm a big fan of and stuff but like you know i wanted the symbiote suit but i think there's a valid reason for it yeah. not being there i wanted to see the spider manga outfit oh yeah you're mentioning that That was me. really that's a cool fucking one that i feel like was omitted um damn there's a few others that i'm just like how about like the original iron spider suit the one that's actually red and gold from the civil war comic arc that would have been cool to see but that's been in enough games mm-hmm. i get why they maybe wouldn't have done that uh future foundation Okay. The future foundation suit where he joins the Fantastic Four is fucking dope. I would love to have had that in the game. What was the one you were telling about? Uh, there's a a comic line where he's in, played by an Indian. Uh, yeah, uh, I like Peter Parkour, uh-huh. <laughs> essentially. Yeah, uh, it is a uh, Indian Peter, and yeah. like, his origin story is different and all that stuff. And he has a very cool, like, looking outfit with like flowing. Yeah, you were showing it. me that one that looked really rad. But then there is like this sort of like cultural insensitivity of having like a white. Yeah, that would Peter. be why I wouldn't do yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah, for that sure. was one that kind of stood out when you showed ooh, it to ooh, me. Ooh. Uh, the Japanese live action Spider Man yeah. with the fucking gold gauntlets would be fantastic if they had that stupid goofy suit in the game. If they add more suits, which they're going to, I just hope they fit him and frame him well, because some of the suits looked really good on him, and then some of them kind of looked, like, kind of weird. Iron Spider didn't look good on him. No, like, kind of disproportionate, where it's like... He's got a flat butt. He's got a very flat butt. He's got a flat butt I mean, they're not all going to be, like, 2099, rocking every fucking crevice of his (laughs) muscle geometry, but... Yeah, I don't want him to look like a flat, weird boy. Yeah. You know? No, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, I would like to see that. I definitely want them to expand into like adding more characters, more situations, more, and just like also keep the focus like they did on this core set of characters: Mary Jane, mm-hmm. Miles, and Pete. Maybe introduce Harry into that fold and like evolve that. I want to see more of that for sure. I am interested in seeing more Miles and mm-hmm. Pete interplay because the moments they have where he kind of becomes. Uh, Peter, I should say, becomes Miles' mentor, are very endearing, whether he's as Pete or as Spider-Man. Like, the first moment where Spider-Man saves him from a fight is really, really cool, and he's basically trying to empower him and be like, 
hey, like you can easily do what I do, and it, it, it's great. He teaches him how to fight, yeah. and at the end of it, he's like, I just punched Spider Man. Like it's just One kind of, the of like best a, scenes. It's it's great. I want to see more of their interplay, and um, yeah, like. It, Based off of the moment where MJ goes to Oscorp in the final scene, she basically brings a spider back with her. That spider there invites Miles, and he gets powers. And there's this kind of first post-credit scene where uh, Peter is helping Miles, or no, Miles is helping Peter move into his new place. And then out of nowhere, he's like, "Hey, I gotta show you something." And he just basically jumps up to the ceiling, and then Pete's like, "Okay," and then he just does it to just as like a show of faith, like, "Yeah, I can do it too." Like. I am mm-hmm. Spider Man, so I'm yeah. here with you. And so, they have this they have this cool moment where it's like, oh shit. And, you know, that mentorship. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that that's there. And we're getting a movie that's kind of about that relationship. Yeah, the Into the Spider Verse. This movie. December. Yeah. yeah. I'm really stoked about that. The animation style looks great. Oh, dude. That's so. going to make me want more Spider Verse shit out of the games. Like, I want Spider Gwen. Yeah, I do too. You know? All that shit. Although, well, where it stands in this universe, she doesn't quite exist, but I'm sure they could bake her into a sequel if they wanted to. Gotcha. Um, so, and then the last post-credit thing with uh, the symbiote. Put Venom, right, in the, right. put Venom in the sequel. Harry Osborn with a symbiote. Awesome. Which is crazy, because they make you think that like Harry's on vacation in, the Europe. Whole, in, in Europe the whole time, and you're uh-huh. doing these like research missions for him. You're like, oh, I'm helping out Harry while he's not home. Lo and behold, Norman's got him in a fucking vestibule of symbiote fluid <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I like I like that. I, I really want to see how they play with that because we do have past examples of Venom and Harry being the same, but that mm-hmm. was actually from a cartoon that did that. Oh, really? Which one? One of the better ones is Spectacular Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah, that actually had really cool kind of uh, reconfigurations of the lore, including how they use Flash Thompson and shit. I really like that one. Um, Yeah, I think overall, buddy, this game's uh, Spider-tastic. Pretty, from start to finish? It's goddamn good spider time. That's a it's a great spy, spider man. So you would say easily <laughs> yeah. hmm? webs up contender for game of the year? <laughs> easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easily. I'm already at this point where I know where to place it and I don't think it's going to come as a surprise to many people, yeah. but that's just how I feel. I haven't had more fun with a game all year. I've, I definitely had fun with games and very fucking great games have come out all year. But nothing has like just landed and been this pure bastion of joy that sucked me in and made me not want to do anything else. It's true. I We burned up a weekend playing this game. Yeah. Um, I think it's a true testament to a game that I could beat it, 100% it, get the platinum, and then step away from it and still be thinking about it and wanting to play it and wanting to have my hands on it. Like that, the day I platinum it, the next day I was like, I kind of want to just start a new game and play it all over again. When like, I when I got my platinum, I was still just kind of dicking around in the open world and still taking on because like mm-hmm. crimes still happen and you can still like take those out. They're the same ones, mm-hmm. but I was in fact so excited when I found out that there's secret photos that you had to go after, fifty of them to unlock another secret costume. Oh, cool! Not a crazy good costume, but it was like, oh shit, there's more to do here. I was so pleased because honestly, just swinging around and dicking around in the city, story or no, mm-hmm. platinum or no, trophies or no, I still wanted to do it. It just feels good. When you design a game that feels mechanically sound and if your combat grade is your traversal is great and all that other stuff, like people are just going to want to play it. Yeah. And usually like I beat a game and I walk away from it. I'm like, cool, that was that game. But this is just like, nah, I kind of want to keep swinging. I want to keep hearing his quips. I kind of want to keep being entrenched in that lore because that world is really special. This game is a full course meal. Yeah. It's, it's got great story, great action, intriguing gameplay components. None of it is really like reinventing the wheel, but it 
it congeals so nicely and so well that it's like, yo, I've had chicken fingers uh, before, <laughs> but for some reason, man, yours are the tenderest. <laughs> I, I think Insomniac really knocked it out of the park, and they should be the stewards going forward for this. I really hope that mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man remains with them for the next few video games. There's no doubt that they got greenlit for a sequel and a, a third yeah. game. Like, if... They smashed their opening weekend with 3.3 million sales. We don't know where it's at right now. I got to feel like it's at least probably pushing like 10 million. Right. This is their biggest hit. And for good reason. And it's because of Spider-Punk. And only because of (laughs) Spider-Punk. Do you think it'll... I don't know if it'll be a launch title, but do you think it's safe to say we'll see it like early PS5 or whatever comes next? Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I would want them to take their time on that one too. I don't want them to feel rush to get it out because i really do want to see like we got the mold and i think it might be a little disappointing just to have more of the same which you know more of that is not a bad thing no it's not but i i think they should really think about like how do we really expand this experience um and i want to see where they go with it i think they have some ideas i feel like for me the framework is there please don't change any of the web slinging or the combat or that like because that yeah fits perfectly so they have a good foundation to build on i just want to see them even like bring a second story that knocks it out of the park even greater yeah so be greater or be be the greatest you could be <laughs> so it's good i love it okay um well how many garfields do we give it how many andrew garfields do we give this game <sighs> okay so that's a rough grading system yeah it's just garfields oh okay do you want to use the the full Okay, is this a, a Toby? Is it a Toby? Is it Garfield or is it a Holland? Right. <laughs> Where are we at? Um, I would give this. I would give it five out of five Hollands. Five out of five Hollands. Yeah. Wow, dude. I would actually give it five Hollands and maybe two and a half uh, Garfields. What? Just for the interplay moments with MJ? You think? I would say yeah. For that, they definitely get two and a half Garfields for the uh, <laughs> for the John Hughesiness of it. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> It lands. This game is fucking great. It's good. And if you haven't played it yet, please. If you haven't played it yet and you're a fan of comic books, Marvel, or Spider-Man, do yourself a service and pick it up. It's well worth their 60 bucks. Really like From is. start to finish. Okay. Well, I guess uh, we we have to wrap up this web, Daniel. How about <sighs> we do a little housekeeping for this episode? Housekeeping. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Save Room Show. And then me and Daniel like the stream. You can find him on twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. Usually he's struggling through a David Cage game, as in <laughs> struggling through the writing. Now, you can find me at twitch.tv slash The Red Herb. Usually I'm playing Resident Evil, and I'm going to play Resident Evil until the end of the time, until until Twitch crashes into the sun. Essentially. Yeah. Twitch itself, because we'll rename the planet Twitch <laughs> uh, in 100 years. Fuck. In podcast form, you can find us at SoundCloud, basically soundcloud.com slash the save room show. You can find us at uh, Google Play, uh, iTunes podcast, Stitcher, feed, Stitcher, uh, Intunes, apparently. Intunes. You can find us on a random B box playing out of somebody's fucking alleyway. You can find us anywhere. We're on a walkie talkie, yeah. but it's only found in Iowa. Hope you find it. Yeah. Hope your spider senses are tingling for it. Oh, you know mine are. Oh, boy. All right. Well, as always, thank you, everybody. And uh, just want to say thank you, true believers. I'm I'm waving. I'm going to swing away from this one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Swing on by next time with the next Save Room Reviews. Just the facts with Kevin and Daniel. (laughs) Get me pictures of the (laughs) Spider-Man.
spider game. Spins a web any size. Catch your seeds just like guys. Look out! Here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Welcome, fame. He's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big bang-up. Wherever there's a hang-up, you'll find a Spider-Man. Welcome to the Spider-Man's Butthole, where we discuss his punkered Pete. Ooh. Punkered Pete. <laughs> Don't say it again. Don't say it again. <laughs> you said it enough. <laughs> no more. You look so... T- like, you kn- I knew you were going to do it. And I was nervous. Please. Please, no more. Don't call it his punkered Pete. All right, all right, all right. He's a Spider-Man. He does what a spider can. Cause he's a spider man, he does what a spider can. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Doesn't it an offspring song? Well, she is on her own. It's all that's gonna go. You know you wanna hit that. You know you wanna. You know you wanna twip that. You know you wanna twip that. <laughs> well, he's a spider man, he does what a spider can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. You know you wanna flip that. <laughs> I hate that. Well, he's a Spider Man, and he—you know—he Spider Can. You know you wanna flip that. You know you wanna flip that. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird choice. Opening it up with uh, playing as Ben, uh, first person, and seeing Kratos shoot him. <laughs> And seeing Kratos, yeah, Kratos just shoots him. (laughs) He could have stopped that god of war. Fucking Kratos robbing a liquor store. (laughs) Atreus is like his lookout. I don't like what you do with that boy. That's not being greater. That's not responsible. No responsibility, Kratos. <laughs> he goes home. He listens to a voicemail from Uncle Ben, and he's just like, "Yeah, I really hope there isn't like a prolonged sequence of my eyes getting gouged out by a uh, <laughs> by a stranger wearing the ashes of his family." Oh my god. Anyway, Pete, we love you. You're my hero. You're my hero. Uh, Take care of Aunt May. I I I like and subscribe to your channel for a long time now, yeah. Pete. Remember, I was the first follower of that NYC web crawler i was number one in 43 and that number is going to grow every day pete because people are going to see how special you are on the inside and they're going to see that you really are an influencer and not an influencee because it doesn't matter what's happening on the outside of the suit it's on the inside that's what counts pete you're my hero i love you <laughs> <laughs> i love i love you. i love you <sighs> well pete <laughs> <laughs> Turn tape over. For <laughs> <laughs> hey, May, can we get a new tape on the reel? I, I really want to make sure this one lands. God, I hope that woman's not baking meatloaf again. Oh, my God. Her meatloaf's to die for. <laughs> oh, May, you're lucky you let me uh, do some butt stuff. <laughs> or else this marriage would have fell apart years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> Spider-Man. Let's talk, about, let's talk about what makes Spider-Man a man. Tell First of about... all, he's a man. He, yeah. But what makes him a spider? First of all, he shoots webs out of his, his sphincter. Okay. 
and uh, he makes a home in them. I'm and glad there were no gameplay segments where you have to do like a sphincter shot. I wanted to turn into a spider monster at some point because like the animated series did that to you and it's happened a lot in the comics and I just feel like the game was incomplete without him like springing two more arms sure. and like maybe like terrorizing Mary, Mary J. Did that happen for real? Mary J. Yeah, it's Mary, Mary J. The good old Mary J. <laughs> they call her McGill. Uh, the Spider-Man. <laughs> so good. <laughs> All right.